I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 435. It took 435 episodes, but we started right at nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> Wait, are you sure it's streaming and it's pushed all the right locations? Before you get a little too cocky or, or sure of that. I'm seeing all the destinations started. I see all the correct naming. Um, the chat wow. is working. Wow. What a, what a strong close to 2022. That's right. We're, you know. Right there. If you can't finish strong, end strong. Yes, that's. Or start strong, finish, end. I don't know, something. So tonight. As our last episode of 2022 is here, we'll again talk a little bit about some more of the sponsorship conversations that have been uh, running amok all over the Internet. Lots of people, we mainly have been seeing our uh, top level, mid-level, low level, all different players talking about where they're not playing for in 2023 and beyond. And I think they're holding uh, a lot of that information tight to their chest. Another we're going to see some uh, things come next week. Things will be ablaze in terms of lots of people talking about their new sponsorships for 2023 when we get to next week. But figured it'd be a perfect night to close out on another really high and positive note with Missy Gannon, who's going to be joining us in just a few moments. She had a trip to Africa recently, and she's been doing some good things. Her, along with, along with Chandler Fry, uh, took the trip, and, and there's some others, so we'll get details on that. But excited to be here tonight in 2023. Hope you guys had a great Christmas, if that's something you celebrate, or any other holidays that you either have celebrated or are celebrating or are going to celebrate. Uh, we hope that everything has been safe and pleasurable and Finally, at least here in the Midwest, we're starting to thaw out just a little bit. So uh, we're going to see some warmer weathers. You know, we're going to go from negative 20 to 50 uh, to a positive 50 all in the matter of a few days. Yeah, I was saying uh, that you should really just schedule events because the weather tends to get really nice at bad times of the year for your events. You've got a flex start this Saturday that you're running. 
temperatures are going to be great. Yeah, uh, it might be a little wet, might be a little rainy, which unfortunately is not what you want on chaining in the new year. You'd rather have maybe a little bit more snow, keep those grounds from getting torn up a little bit. But ultimately, your events tend to bring the warm weather. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, too. I don't think so. <laughs> yes, it does. Mm. Uh, so I've heard. So all right, <laughs> yeah. we're about to bring Missy on. Uh-huh. And I have a question for you real quick before we bring her on. Yeah. If you were to go to Africa, is there any chance in the world that you would not play the song Rains in <laughs> Africa Toto? from Toto at least two or three times while you're there? I feel like that's all too obvious. I mean, isn't I, that isn't that like dating or knowing a Jenny and then singing eight six seven five three zero nine? Like you just you, you can't do it or you have to. You have to. <laughs> you have to. Just the problem is it's predictability. That's the only question. You gotta you gotta sneak that in there. You gotta find the one it's the least predictable and drop it. Well, someone who likes to drop it like it's hot, big money, Missy Gannon coming into the show. <laughs> Missy, how you doing? Great. How are you guys doing? <laughs> we could talk about the dumbest stuff for, okay, we will, for four or five straight hours. But now, now we have to focus attention to stuff that really matters, which is you, your year, and spreading the love of disc golf uh, literally worldwide. So let's start there. Uh, we hinted at it. We talked about it uh, often on uh, the last few weeks and just kind of made mentions of it. Break down where you've been and what you've been up to. Yeah, it, it's been um, kind of a, a couple of weeks. Um, uh, we just came back from uh, Uganda in Africa. We spent almost two weeks there. Um, and yeah, on all of the all of the people we met, all of the things we, we did, um, and all of the work we, you know, work we did was, um, yeah, just just really fulfilling. Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just so glad that we could spread the love of disc golf to other communities that, um, otherwise may never hear about disc golf, may never know anything about disc golf. It was just a really cool experience. And I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to go there. And that opportunity brought up uh, about due to the Paul Macbeth Foundation. Is that how this? I I know they're constantly working on new courses and developments. Do you, what number was it? Do you even know? I know there's like course I, development. I, I, actually, I don't or, know. We, okay. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and actually, uh, the opportunity was was. Uh, per, brought up to Chandler and I through uh, Ledgestone, actually, because they were a, um, a big sponsor of this particular project. So uh, Chandler and I being members of Team Ledgestone, uh, we were reached out to by Paul Johnson to uh, run, you know, Ledgestone with the Paul Macbeth Foundation on this project. And I think both of us didn't take very much time to think about it. We were both like, yep. <laughs> Definitely. Um, never thought that we would get to Africa. Um, always have wanted to go, but didn't, you know, didn't know how that would happen. Chandler and I had this conversation of like, you know, it, it's it was always a bucket list place to go um, anywhere in Africa. And for it to be through disc golf was just sort of a crazy um, coincidence and, you know, something that we couldn't turn down. 
Talk to us just a little bit then about the actual travels. Um, and I, and I asked that because we've heard of Tanzania and we've heard of, uh, going to a few of the other Zambia, uh, it has happened and other places. And we've seen disc golfers go there. What was the travel and the experience like for you? Um, yeah, yeah well, I hadn't, I hadn't really been out of the country, uh, ever except for just before this trip, finally went to Peru, which was my first in- international few friends but um you know it was it, it it was just like so crazy to me that we went to two different countries in a matter of like less than two months um and our you know our first international trip so that was that was honestly just sort of a, a learning experience um it was a it was like two flights one uh from New uh, Amsterdam and then Amsterdam to uh, Entebbe in Uganda. And uh, I was so prepared. I had like a bunch of things downloaded on my iPad, which I didn't even watch. (laughs) There was, you know, it's just like, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, But, you know, we were with our crew that went down there with, um, you know, found ways to entertain ourselves. And, um, you know, Tom, also came along on on the trip with us so that was really nice and comforting for me um and you know he's he's a hard worker so he was probably the perfect choice to come down and install courses uh but yeah it was uh it was a it was a lot but it was honestly really fun and um yeah it, it was really it was a cool way for us to kind of like bond on the flight and uh I still hate landing, though. I remember that when I was younger, that I did the landing, and it's true <laughs> today. Uh, certainly uh, often provides the roughest patch and a, and a little bit of the, yeah. the, the clenching of the of Tom's knee, maybe, or hand, or the armrest. That's right. Actually. Yeah, exactly. I know how that goes. So uh, how many people ultimately from the U.S. and the foundation, when we add up you know the the whether it's media and our players uh for lack of a better term any other mules that are bringing equipment like wh- what <laughs> how many total people were part of it that were from the US Yeah so from the US it was um you know Chandler and I and Tom as sort of players slash you know just ambassadors and then um from the foundation, it was uh, Zach Smith, who is sort of our team leader, um, and he heads up a lot of these projects. Um, we also had Jay Bowser, who was more on the uh, media side of things, um, also from the foundation. Um, Mikey, which is is Paul's sort of like personal videographer, mm-hmm. um, he was also to do more media stuff. Um, and then uh, Joey Tamale came along for the ride because you know joey's just good at media stuff so um yeah he was uh that that was pretty much the crew i I don't think i'm forgetting anybody um but then we also met uh two uh people that were involved uh, in the zambia project who are from zambia um wilborn and melody they worked on that project and that's all from so they are sort of the local ambassadors for that project um but they ended up coming over and helping us with 
the Uganda project. So that was really cool to meet them and sort of have their experiences come over to this project and how uh, they could bring some of that, um, yeah, some of that experience over for for all of us and for me to hear about, uh, you know, how it all went for them. And um, yeah, they were just sort of about uh, was established in, in their country that they wanted to sort of spread that onto a neighboring country. That's phenomenal. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. in speaking of that experience, uh, talk to us about the, uh, the, the lodging or the, and the day-to-day experiences that I'm sure were very um uh, unique to you in what you've mm-hmm. experienced all of your life. What were some of the day to day experiences and and you know maybe even challenges and triumphs that you experienced mm-hmm. while you were there with it? Um, yeah, actually, I think um, we were sort of given maybe uh, like a under promise over deliver thing. Maybe it was by accident, but it was like we were you know expecting no hot water, you know cold shower and bug bug nets and eating you know needing bug nets over the beds and like it being you know potentially um very buggy and, and whatever but uh you know we were kind of going in with low expectations and um you know having somebody like joey tamale who has visited plenty of countries that have you know fewer resources was able to give us a heads up of like you know it, it's going to be a little tough but um it's ultimately we're going to be fine. And if you're up for it, you know, that's just expect those types of things. Um, but honestly, when we got there, it was, uh, right away, it was just like a, an overwhelming sense of community. Um, you know, we got there and we had like a whole crew waiting for us, sort of our on the ground people, um, that have been filling us in on, uh, you know, our travel and what we're going to be doing while we're there. And, um, you know, we were greeted by, uh, you know, a bunch of people and, and a big bus for us to get on and um, brought to our first uh, lodging. And it was honestly really nice, private rooms, um, private bathrooms, and not really too buggy. And then, you know, you take a shower for the first time and you have hot water and you're like, okay, I mean, this is winning. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it was... Um, it was it was really a really positive experience, at least for the, the the first place where we we went to, which was a smaller fishing village. So even at at that in that city, we figured it was going to be you know the least amount of resources, um, just because we were we knew it was going we were going to a smaller village, um, you know, and it happened to be probably the best accommodations that we had the whole time we were there. Um, You know, uh, we had Bishop Timothy, he was our host and he opened his, you know, entire sort of hotel type experience to us. Um, You know, fed us every, every evening um, with his, his crew on, on the site. Um, Yeah, it was, it was really, really nice and uh, sort of just felt like a home away from home. Um, Just a little different, you know, Um, but there were some challenges, you know, it is what it is. And it happened really further down the road when we were in um, the next city of uh, just outside of Kampala, you know, we had some issues with maybe not any water and, you know, but it was fine. We figured it out. It was, you know, we always had 
somebody helping us and trying to figure out like how we can um, get those resources when we, when we, you know, maybe didn't have them and it was unexpected. So um, yeah, it, it was a lot of adventure and uh, you know, I still wouldn't, uh, wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, it was, it was just a really cool experience. And like I said, the, the sense of community was so um, like rich there. Everybody wanted to, you know, welcome you and and the kids were awesome they just wanted to be your friend and um yeah you could just feel that sort of warmth from all of the people in in both the communities that we were in i i think of that you know there's experiences of being brought in but then on top of it you're providing this additional recreational outlet and activity Mm -hmm. in disc golf and you've been around playing disc golf for a lot of years to see the introduction of disc golf to so many people describe, you know, how they took to it, how quick people did or didn't pick it up or any of the successes. Uh, I mean, is there, is there a chance we're going to see a a world champion that's going to come out of any of the players (laughs) that you, you know, handed their first disc to? I think so. Uh, So the first village that we were in, um, that was uh, mainly, uh, young children that we were teaching at a um, local primary school. And, um, you know, that village of Katosi specifically has a lot of children. Um, so the school is sort of their, you know, their safe haven. Uh, and we built the course on partially on the school property and then on the adjacent property. Um, so they're able to explore the course whenever they want pretty much um so it it was so funny to me one vivid you know memory that i don't think i'll ever forget is like having our little like clinics and having a few separate groups of of children and then you know they uh, they throw the disc and then i turn around to look at the rest of the group and it feels like it like doubled in size children were just like coming from everywhere (laughs) i don't know where they were coming from but the word was spreading and more and more people were joining. Um, and on top of that, you know, they, we had the, the, the teachers and some of the adults that just help out at the, at the school. Um, the people that we were sort of recruiting as, as, the, uh, as the people that would, you know, continue to teach disc golf after we left. And so those were the people that we really were um, focusing on to teach them, the, you know, as many of the ins and outs of the sport as we could um, because we know how valuable it is to teach, uh, teach disc golf at a young age. Um, And we could just tell that these kids just were so excited to just try anything. And, and, you know, they especially loved ring of fire. And I forgot how difficult, no matter where you're from or whatever language barriers there are, even if there aren't, it's very difficult to try to teach kids that once you, you know, put the disc, don't run after it because <laughs> you just, you, you don't want to get hit by one of these, but that was uh, not getting through most of the time, but it was just because they were so excited um, to try again, you know, run, run after the disc right, right away. And like, um, so that was just, you know, that was just funny. And uh, the, there's, you know, hearing those sort of like giddy, you know, chuckles and laughs and, you know, 
know, screams um, is also just so universal, uh, you know, no matter if they're here from the U.S. or, you know, the children in Uganda, it was just you could it was something that was so familiar um, that I've seen before when we do you play clinics and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, they 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 loved it. The, te- the Honestly, the adults were getting into it. They were getting competitive. Um, split up into teams and they were you know i could tell they were smack talking each other <laughs> um so that was really that was just really cool to see um but even other than that we ended up going to a our second uh course installation was at a university uh just outside of kampala and they are known as like a sporting university um so they take pride in being very, very good at all the sports <laughs> that they participate in. Um, so when we got there, we could tell that sports were just a huge, um, you know, just like the biggest thing that they cared about there. Um, and so one more competitive thing that they can try is uh, was welcomed with open arms. And I think that we're going to definitely see some potential, you know, heavy hitters in the future. So I'm hoping so. And I really saw some just like mind blowing talent right off. Um, I did to see where that goes there. Uh, I, you, you mentioned it when you said second course installation, I guess if you could clarify for everyone, these mm. different projects have had, uh, you know, I, I feel like slightly different agendas depending on, you know, the land and the space available and everything that they can mm-hmm. do. When when it was all said and done, how many permanent baskets did you guys help install? And then uh, what did it look like for leaving this behind as well? Do you do you remember any of those yes. numbers? Uh, yeah. So for in the smaller village of Katosi, we were able to install a nine hole course. Um, and, and so, yeah, then we, you know, we left a bunch of, uh, you know, a couple of, I think a couple of boxes of discs for the school and more were actually being shipped, um, there as well. And they just hadn't gotten there yet. And then at the university, we installed an 18 hole course. Um, and also same, same deal. We, we have a bunch of donations us when we you know tom and i brought a a whole suitcase of of discs to donate um and then yeah the foundation had had some as well and then more will be be uh delivered there so um yeah so 20 27 holes all together uh and yeah the uh the the course at the university was one that i actually really enjoyed playing and had a large you know, a wide variety of shots. And it that course had uh, two tee positions and one basket, so a short and a long. Um, I don't remember what the overall distance was. We did map it out on UDISC, so you might be able to find it there, actually. It's at Nedje University, just north of Kampala. Um, I guess it would be only one of two uh, dots on the map <laughs> for that area. So <laughs> I'm sure you could find it. Um so yeah, that uh, I I was one of the ones who went and mapped out, you know, where the pins and the tees were. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty high level course, and I think it's going to challenge. We knew we had to challenge the college students because we knew how competitive they were and how 
how great of athletes they were. Um, so yeah, we really wanted to make that welcoming with the short tee pads, but challenging once they start to get it. So I think we left them with a pretty high quality course. I, I, I've had the, uh, I'll say the honor and sometimes the overall workload of, of being part of 30 or 35 or maybe 40 course designs, but I, I cannot imagine the gratitude, the, the gratitude or the fulfillment more so to know that you and a handful of other people with where you, what you've done with your career. And now in addition to the competitiveness, you are directly and partially responsible for 27 permanent baskets in Africa. I mean, it, honestly, it just kind of gives me chills thinking about it. It's, <laughs> it's maybe not something somebody would think to have on their bucket list. I don't know if you ever did, mm-hmm. but now that you've done that, how does that feel? How does that resonate in your, in your heart or your soul with knowing you help put disc golf in Africa? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's going to, it's going to land on, um, my list of, you know, greatest accomplishments, I think, um, that, you know, and I'm just very fortunate to have even get, been given the opportunity to, to have any hand in this project. Um, you know, I actually didn't know exactly how much uh, we were going to be doing there. I knew we would be doing like clinics and, and um, you know, that the layouts were pretty much already uh, figured out by a team that had gone out there uh, before us. But then, you know, of course, when you get a few more disc golfers involved in a course design, things start to get tweaked and changed. And, you know, you have professionals like Chandler and I who might have a better eye for certain things just because of our experiences. So, you know, we honestly did have a pretty, you know, play a big, a big role in um, the design of the course. And, you know, the, the, we got, dirty and you know dug things up and made you know made the holes for the baskets you know all all of that uh, was pretty cool so so it, it does it feels different than just kind of going there teaching disc golf and leaving we, you know we we literally went there and built a course and taught as many people as we could and met so many people and now I have you know all of these phone numbers from friends that I made in, in, at both, in both uh, communities and, you know, to be able to, to keep up with them and see how it's going. And, um, you know, it's going to be really cool. And I honestly, I think it's, it's something that I want to go back and in a, a couple of years, maybe, maybe even a year, just sort of see like where they're at and, and how it's going and if they need anything else or um, yeah, I, I feel like I've made some really strong connections in after that project and um i I, i'm definitely going to be trying to keep tabs on them and see how they're doing and um yeah i hope i hope to see you know some you know potentially future big disc golfers come out of there um i think it's pretty i think it's pretty likely that we will i just you know hope that i can you know maybe help in any way and and um you know We'll see, but I that I hope so. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and along with that, whenever I think of course design, you you have a different appreciation, and and maybe you'll you've already had some mm. of that. But even I think as you travel around the country, and every time you step onto either an old favorite 
or a brand new course that you're playing for the first time, there's just a slightly different appreciation when you see where a tee's been placed, where a basket's been placed, what trees come into play, just from a, a design perspective. Not that you you know you want to make the it work it takes to actually yeah, put them in exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know it's there's something to be said when you see someone defacing a tee sign or or hanging on a basket or you know kicking a garbage can next to a tee on a course or any course and you know what it took to put a course in and now you have mm-hmm. those those bonds and that tie that much stronger you know in addition to being a professional it it, it just hits you mm-hmm. a little differently when like Johnny just said you you know what it took for that to exist yeah. now i want to point out because i i continue and i often say this i i give so much credit uh, to the Paul Macbeth Foundation in that they are are typically or they are brand agnostic in that the foundation has worked with Discmania, has worked with Dynamic Disc, has worked with Discraft. I'm going to assume they worked with Innova. I can't think of the project off the top of my head. If they haven't, they probably will. It, they'll work with anyone. This happened, as you said, to be now a Discraft you know, which is largely infused and tied then with Ledgestone in this scenario. But uh, to me, it's huge that they'll take help and support and collaborations with anyone. Um, Mm -hmm. But like you said, I mean, what a great tie-in for you and Chandler being part of Team Ledgestone, which is very directly tied to uh, Discraft. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, uh, is it does it spark new thoughts or ideas for yourself? You just said, you know, making these, yeah, making these connections (laughs) and keeping up. And, and I don't even just mean course design specifically, but was there anything in this trip, you know, start to finish where you then you did, yeah, pause and like, wait a minute, you know, I'm going to play for a while yet, but there's other things (laughs) I can see getting involved with. Was there anything in particular in this trip that that struck a chord in that way that resonated that much or not necessarily uh yeah i mean absolutely i think i think you know the reason why i even um took on this opportunity was because i i saw the type of impact we can make on other communities and you know selfishly i knew that something like that would be really um beneficial for a resume or something once disc golf is um, potentially no longer mm-hmm. <laughs> my, you know, typical, my, my actual job. But um, yeah, I, I didn't really think about it too much. I'm still, yeah, I, course design is a lot. Um, you know, you, you, you find a, a spot for a, a tee pad, a perfect spot, and then you start digging and you're like, well, there's a huge root and a large boulder under here, you know, and like you, you don't think about those, those things like, yeah, it, in theory, it's a great spot for a tea pad, but <laughs> when you start peeling away the layers, you know, you might have to rethink it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, uh, I would love to, yeah, I would love to do more things like that, whether it's with, a foundation or with other people. Um, it certainly opened my eyes to, it honestly made me appreciate disc golf more, you know, as, as, as it being my job, I kind of lose sight of like how awesome this 
life path has been um, for me. And, and, you know, it turns into just a job sometimes. Um, But to see how impactful uh, a sport could be to other people that are just learning it for the first time, um, you know, sort of brought me back to when I started learning disc golf and, um, you know, how I eventually just fell in love with it. And it was just a really cool way to, you know, even just relieve stress from work or whatever, you know, whatever it may be, um, you know, to be able to give that goal um, and give them an outlet for whatever, you know, whatever they want to use it for, whether they want to just play with family members or friends, or if they want to potentially pursue it, um, you know, like as a career, like, like many of us have. Um, Yeah. That was very, very fulfilling. And, certainly, um, you know, like I said, made me appreciate what I'm able to do and what I'm doing right now. And so, um, yeah, uh, um, yeah, it made me excited for, for, for the future of disc golf, for those people that I made connections with and, and whether, you know, and how, how far they they'll take it in their own lives. Um, and, I don't really know how to expand on it anymore. No, I it, it makes sense, and and I guess I even think when you have an experience like that, you may have realized, hey, I could see in another in another life, so to speak, or or post disc golf or whatever. I could see being a tour guide. I could see being, mm-hmm. you know, oh, hey, I'd love to be, uh, you know, a flight attendant, but not on international trips. I mean, there's things you learn <laughs> and unlearn sure. when you, you know, so to speak, you like or dislike when having these experiences uh, that I think, you, you know, you just don't even realize how they hit you. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, course designs is, is is one of a hundred or a thousand things you experience during that week it's just to me yeah. that some of those travels can really open up your eyes to some of those other experiences probably not a pilot it sounds like I, 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 <laughs> if you don't like land i mean maybe you can just be the pilot that takes off and have somebody else do the landing <laughs> yeah <laughs> i yeah, mean i well, hear southwest actually, is hiring so uh <laughs> they're they're not having their best week um, Actually, one of the things that came up um, when I was speaking with Melody, who was from Zambia, um, she was asking me, like, how do we get like a tour in Africa? And I didn't really know how to answer that question, because obviously there's a lot of things that go into a, developing a tour. Um, and it was one of those things that I was like, yeah, ima- like imagine that. Africa and Africa is huge, obviously. Um, but even in say East Africa, where we were, um, if they, if there were enough courses one day for them to be able to travel cross country, um, lines and compete against one another, um, that I just like my vision started kind of going. And I, I, again, was having a hard time answering her question, but, um, at the same time, it started made me, making me think about, you know, the potential of that happening one day. Um, and yeah, so that would, that, that would be something that like would be really cool to, to see happen or maybe even try to figure out a way to be involved in that or try to help with that process, um, in some way. Uh, but you know, also, Melody was very competitive, so her and I bonded <laughs> over that. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I just want you back here so I can whoop you. Like that's, she's, yeah, she was planning ahead. 
right. <laughs> uh, well, and, and it's funny because I, I think of, and I'll it, just to uh, tack on to that, I think about how the, the few years of as uh, going to Koh Samui, going to Thailand, going to Cambodia, these, these courses and these pockets in these regions that are developing and then they're realizing hey if we can put string together five or six or seven weekends together especially during what is considered our winter if they can string those together they may attract some uh, international players but also just uh, among themselves have a very logical tour system or structure that can take place and I've, I've seen them uh, working on that in Malaysia and everyone else that's been working on that in the last few years obviously uh, you know, as they were building, COVID jumped in and and provided a roadblock for a couple of years. But I think that's going to for sure be the model moving forward of let's have a tour that mm-hmm. is often in a, a particular time of year that really scratches that itch that um, our professionals and others will go out and partake. So I mean, there's eight, there's around like yeah. six or eight courses in East Africa now. And mm-hmm. I know there's the, I'm looking at the UDIS thing and there's a there's a like 16 of them in the Johannesburg area. So I mean that, mm-hmm. that's not far off from maybe creating some sort of tour in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And and I would honestly I don't know how I didn't bring this up already. But when we were at the university, um, it was during the same week that they were holding the East African Collegiate Games at that particular university, which. It, it rotates um, to different universities every, I think it's supposed to be every year, but this one had been paused because of COVID and it had been like three years since the last one. Um, so that was really cool to have all of these other colleges from all different countries in Africa, in East Africa, come there. And the, where the course was set up um, was kind of right on the main roadway where all of the 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 staying kind of up on the hill they would have to walk down this road to get to all of the fields and and the um you know the courts or whatever uh so we literally were like posted up right near that road on purpose with a basket with a bunch of discs and we were just pulling people over to be like hey try this try this or honestly we didn't even have to do that because they were just like what's that i want in um so that was just really cool to see you know these tall basketball players or these, you know, large wrestlers or whatever, just all, everybody just trying disc golf um, and just so open to, 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 you know, throwing a disc, even if they were, you know, they're athletes, if they throw it bad, they were laughing at themselves, you know, cause they were like, what, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah. So the, the hope is that, the disc golf would be a part of those games one day and one day soon uh, is is what uh, the, the player that who of the of the college is hoping um, and I that would be one way that I think that we can get disc golf to really you know spread even more and also sort of create not really a tour but that idea of going other places to compete and play disc golf in, and if it starts with the Kaleems, great. I think that that would be a perfect, you know, segue into a potential, um, that, that'd be really cool to see that if not next year, maybe the, the following year, because, um, 
I would love to see uh, see that sort of competitive disc golf happening on the collegiate level in East Africa. And so that's the hope. So we're going to keep an eye on that. Yeah, and, and really to that, no surprise that, you know, just like you said, sometimes laughter is universal. I think the... <laughs> the excitement and the astonishment and the bewilderment, everything else that goes along with getting a disc into a basket from, you know, anything outside of five feet. And sometimes even the five footers feel great, but just the look on anyone's face when they throw it in and it's the first time they've made one from 22 or 32 or 62 feet, whatever the case is, you know, that is, that is for sure universal. You hear the sound of the chains and then it's Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're, you know, the, the big wide eyes of like, holy cow, I just did that. And how do I do yeah. it again? Right. That's, that's what keeps yeah. us coming back. And I just think of getting, you know, these people all know track and field. So they know discus, they know things, but watching a disc fly, not just a Frisbee, but mm-hmm. a disc, when you can see, like when you hand it to someone and they throw it 75 to 80 feet and they're like, all right, yeah. And then you watch Missy or Chandler get up and throw it 400 feet. Mm-hmm. Just the look like. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Just the, <laughs> totally. the, I, I can only imagine the excitement um, from these athletes. Yeah, it was it was really really cool, and yeah, the, the it was no surprise that the the individuals that we were teaching to sort of be the teachers after we leave, even at the university, um, were picking it up so quickly, and just you know, if their accuracy was off, that's fine. They were still throwing like one of the one of one of the uh, one of the teachers, Israel, he was throwing at least 300 feet um, and he had just learned the sport, but he was very athletic and he was very competitive um, and he was picking it up really quickly. So, um, yeah, I have no doubt that there will be more people at that (laughs) university doing the same (laughs) Uh, it's all those ledgestone discs that go so far, right, Nate? Uh, no. uh, oh, that that is uh, seriously awesome to hear. Uh, let's, uh, unless you have other stuff you want to add on there, I, I wanted to dip back into your your competitive season. Uh, is there anything else sure. that that we didn't talk about on in, in terms of your trip that you want to make sure you mention? I, no, I mean, again, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. You know, I want to thank the Paul McBeth Foundation and Ledgestone for, you know, thinking of me and inviting me along um, to be a part of this project. It really has ch- changed my life in some way. I don't even know that I fully realize it yet, but it, it um, yeah, it was just a really awesome experience and um, something that I will forever be a part of in some way. So, yeah, really cool. And um, hopefully I can get back there and see how it all, how it's all going in the future. And I, I just want to say for everybody else out there, this is where your Paul Macbeth Foundation money is going. Clearly, as we all know, it's going to good causes, discs, new courses. We're seeing it year after year after year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're a TD and you want to help support the Paul Macbeth Foundation, reach out to them. There are awesome ways to do it. You can run different fundraisers and whatnot. Um, you know, we've got a lot of different, I think we talked about it last week. We've got a lot of different awesome foundations and charities in our sport, all of which have their own little niche, but you, you know, this, this is, you know, Missy is heavily involved with you disc as well, or not you disc, sorry, you play as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly but Paul McBeth foundation is, it feels like it is just 
light years ahead of everybody right now in the international scope. So it mm-hmm. it's awesome to see. Yeah. Uh, and I'll add on to that real quick. Uh, if you head out there to um, the website, which is paulmcbethfoundation.org, uh, I know they're making a final push for what they call their Builders Club, and that is a monthly contribution. Uh, they're trying to get to 50 Builder Club uh, Builders Club members, and I think they're at 48. So they're trying to make a final push to get to 50 of those. Or if you can't contribute at that level, they have other given levels that you can either choose or... Or you could submit your own and uh, you can set yourself up for a monthly donation. But that is the Builders Club. You can find that on paulmcbethfoundation.org and all the information is out there. So, and, and like I, you know, I'll reiterate yet again, it's awesome to see that they've worked with so many different brands. And uh, I, I know that sometimes can be a, feels like a criticism of, you know, when some people want to be charitable, they they think, well, you know, you're just putting money in somebody's pocket or putting it from their left pocket into their right or whatever. And when you see someone like Paul and all these other uh, people that are on the board and a board, which comes actually from a number of different uh, brands and backing, I think is awesome to see. So, uh, yes, that's where you can find it. And later we'll talk more about, like Johnny just said, you play, you certainly says should support. We talked with Yuli and his foundation, what he does just last week. Uh, Ricky Waisaki's putting together more information for his foundation. So uh, find and support any or all of them. Whatever scratches your itch, as we said last week. (laughs) Yes. So, all right. Well, Missy, let's talk a little bit about 2022 for yourself personally, uh, where you cashed in every single event that you played in. But... What what's the grade you give for yourself because you came off such an incredible 2021? It's certainly, you you you've set some new bars and new standards and new records. How do you how do you come into 2022 and and what's kind of the the grade you give for yourself for this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I I had a pretty clear understanding of like the wish 2021 was sort of like um I, I don't know it just it felt like it's unimaginable way to finish a season um especially because you know I yes I had won the Des Moines challenge um earlier on um but to go back to back in two of the biggest events of the year pretty much um you know uh, I it it was just i don't know i don't know why that happened or what you know i i was just i just knew that it was like bigger than i could have expected um but it did still add a lot of pressure on me coming into the 2022 season um because maybe my expectations were higher but i re- i was really aware of the fact that the way i ended 20 was just i don't want to say unbelievable but it was it was it was, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like an extraordinary way to, to finish. And um, I just wanted to make sure that I kept my head in a good space and tried not to overwhelm me or, uh, you know, put put extra pressure on me. But it was inevitable that that was going to happen because there was going to be all eyes on me come the Las Vegas challenge. You know, how is she going to come out of the off offseason? Um, but you know, it. Uh, I would say I would grade myself 
like a solid A, I think. I, you know, like I, like you said, I cash at every event. Um, I had, you know, a handful, a little, a little over a handful um, finishes outside the top ten. But for the most part, I was within the top ten. Um, you know, I won Ledgestone, which is a four-round event uh, on. I would say one of the hardest courses that we play on tour and accompanied by maybe one of the easiest courses we play on tour. Um, but a wide variety of, of shots and, um, and you know, uh, you need to have a, a, a pretty well-rounded skill set to be able to, to succeed at those courses. Um, so that was, you know, that was a big accomplishment for me and I grade that particular win as you know one of my honestly one of my biggest wins uh that I've ever had I think and approach that um I don't know I think I've always wanted to win Ledgestone and then to, to have done it uh, against a relatively stacked field you know Kristen was there and um maybe we were missing the uh the other uh, European contingencies but um, you know, it felt like, uh, one of the biggest fields that we've competed against. So maybe I put a lot of weight on that win, but it, uh, you know, was one that I've always win and I've always seemed to do pretty well at. So to be able to stick it out for four, four rounds and finally, and finally take that one down, um, was really, really cool as a team Ledgestone member. It was just sort of extra sweet. Um, you know, and then, and then. I think honestly being able to get into get to the final round of the Pro Tour Championship and while I didn't come away with the win, you know, that that I feel like showed me that my consistency is there and I'm I was able to battle through because I didn't have a bye this time. Um last year I did have a bye to the semifinals. Um this year I didn't so I had to battle through the quarterfinals, semifinals and then you know the finals. So um I had to play one more round than some of my competitors. Um, and yeah, it was a nice way to kind of show me that my consistency was there throughout most of the season. Um, and I think that that's one of the biggest um, hurdles that people have to overcome is finding that consistency on tour because we play so much and we play almost every weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, I didn't find myself having too many really bad rounds. I definitely did, but um, yeah, I still felt like I was overcoming those those bad rounds and still finishing pretty decently at, at almost every event. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was pretty solid, I thought. <laughs> I, yeah, and I was certainly not setting you up to say anything <laughs> otherwise. Uh, you know, I mean, let's be real. You 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 finished with still in the in the neighborhood of fifty three, fifty four thousand dollars for your earnings, uh, which again, just a couple of short years ago, would have been insane and and was breaking records then and now we're seeing that as, as you clearly were one of the top finishers but a solid uh overall you played in 23 events or i think what was really 21 or so you know straight up singles events mm -hmm. and yeah. and I, I i certainly yeah was not leaning toward anything but uh, a glowing review uh, but at the same time speak to the competitiveness and we saw 
Evelina, we saw Hannah, we saw Kristen, essentially throughout, you know, minus a few weekends, we mm-hmm. saw them throughout the entire year and just, and own Scoggins, who's, you know, FP40 eligible and yeah. some of our other competitors. Speak to the competitiveness within the FPO division. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. The 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 level of competitiveness is also higher even from last year, from 2021. Um, so that's even more important for to keep that in perspective when you're competing. Um, you're competing against a, a stronger field. Every mm-hmm. single year, I feel like it gets stronger and stronger. Um, and I'm certainly aware of the fact that really my own, one of my own, only, I don't know, one of my main um, sort of, uh what am i trying to say like being comfortable on tour is uh just a huge factor in how um how that translates into how well you play like a lot of these women are very new to the tour but they still have the skills and they're being competitive now i can only i can only imagine what they will be able to do once they finally get sort of the rhythm of being on tour and figuring it all out and um maybe better support as they, you know, they get their names out there and they are finishing well. Um, you know, those things are, are key are like a huge key into just getting better or being, uh, you know, having better finishes on tour, like having a little bit less stress, a little bit less worries. Um, uh, yeah, one of my advantages is that I do have, you know, I, I figured it out. I know how the tour life is and um, I feel comfortable doing all of that, all of the stuff outside of competing. Um, And, you know, I have uh, awesome support from my sponsors. Um, So, you know, I, I still know that I have a lot of work to do in terms of refining my skills, getting a a stronger forehand, um, you know, because I know that at some point these other women are going to catch up uh just just because they are so new and so fresh um to the tour that uh you know if they're already competing at the level that they are with having those sort of little struggles that i remember having um well not even little big struggles of just touring and um you know everything that comes with that uh yeah i know they're coming in hot <laughs> and i need to i need to know that i have to do I have to go that extra mile to be able to um, combat that and con- and still be you know consistent and and um, placed placed high at, at many of the events. So um, yeah, you know I'm excited. I'm excited to see what uh, what 2023 is going to bring. I think that it's going to bring a lot of that elevated talent, um, more of the same people that we saw last year, but maybe just on a more consistent basis or at least performing at the top. Um, and yeah, uh, I've got my work cut out for me. I know that. And I, uh, aside from helping other communities and building disc golf courses, uh, I am going to be very, uh, active in, my game and refining those skills and uh, just not, not stopping because um, I know what's coming <laughs> and so they're do, coming in. Do you, so do you have any expectations for 2023 
seeing as how we just talked about your expectations coming into 2022 after your 2021 season. Mm. Do you have any expectations for 2023? Like, do, do you go into a season thinking like, all right, I've cashed it every event in 2022. I definitely want to do that. But now I want to <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, you know, I think I, I, try, I, I try not to have too many expectations coming into any season. I, um, you know, I just have to, it's at this point, it sounds cliche, but I, I just have to focus on every event and every round um, and every shot, you know, you hear it all. That's, but that is, it is true. If I, if I think too broadly, I think that you can get, um, get ahead of yourself a little bit, but um, uh, with that though, I will feeling pretty good about worlds this year. So, you know, that would be uh that would be a pretty cool thing to accomplish and I'm uh, trying to get that world title. It'll be, it's going to be hard, but, um, you know, the, the green, green mountain championship courses are another, another set of courses that I feel rat. Um, and I think that I could, uh, perform pretty well there. And you're currently in New York for, I'm assuming for the holidays, visiting family and whatnot. Mm-hmm. When does, for you, when does the 2023 season start? When do you get find someplace warm, I'm assuming, uh-huh. and get on the course and start putting and work on that forehand? When does that show up for you? Yeah, it's going to be first week in January. Um, we will be heading down to Florida and just getting the season going there. We're, we're going to be doing some um, training, but also some media stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's it's right after the new year, it's go time. Um, and you know, I think that I've, I've been sort of doing non disc golf training, uh, just for, to keep my body, um, healthy and, and, uh, ready to go. But, Digging holes, putting in baskets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was probably the Fighting most workout I've, I've done since the season ended. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and uh, it, it's still good. I did play disc golf in Uganda, obviously, but it was, it's still good to kind of take a, a, a little bit of a break. Um, at least in my opinion, it is, um, from actually throwing the disc, um, and yeah, really focusing on strengthening the body. But once the new year hits, um, it's back to the course, back to the field, um, for, for me. Uh, so I'm excited though. It's, it's cold here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, understandable. And, and that's what I start thinking about is, uh, when we're seeing our players, they naturally are gravitating towards a lot of Florida. Uh, obviously, uh, we've seen some players in Charlotte where we know it can vary in its weather conditions. Arizona has clearly become a great collection plate for a lot of our, uh, players that have been jumping mm-hmm. in there and, and either, fully residing as Ricky just bought a place or, you know, mm-hmm. going there to shack up with a few other golfers. It all makes uh, so much more sense. And, and I, I, I feel like that again is an evolution of the game where that was kind of maybe thought Ooh. about, but not really actually done. And now people are, are consciously planning, Hey, where am I going to be during which months? And what are those months going to look like? Even though it's not hardcore playing season. When we were younger, long time ago 
We used to always think like, oh man, it's such an advantage to live down south because you get to play year round. You know, Barry Schultz, who was from Wisconsin, always took, you know, kind of took winters off. Um, And then, so, you know, he'd climb down in Florida and Ron Russell was up in Michigan, I believe, most of the time. It just felt like those players had such a natural uh, advantage based on where they lived because no one was moving for disc golf. No. That that didn't exist. Now we've got players that are like, yeah, I think in January I'm going to head down to Florida and do that. It's an amazing (laughs) progression that we've made. Some people have their second houses in nice places, I tell you. We're we're getting big time here, which is uh, awesome to see. Is there anything uh, that you you would consider out of the ordinary or a surprise or a shocker to anyone else when thinking about your 2023 season is there an event or a location or even a week off or something where someone's like huh that that's different for missy do you have anything like that possibly planned or is it Um, what we would expect (laughs) yeah not really um i do plan to be in europe this year um, so that'll be a first for me. I okay. think that that's going to be really cool. And it all, you know, having the Sula open now be an elite series sort mm-hmm. of helped make that decision. Cause I really, I really wanted to get to the, the European open, um, or what, but being able to also have a compete in an elite series there as well. Um, sort of, yeah, made that decision easier, uh, to be able to travel there and play more than one event. Um, I think that that will be, uh, yeah, really the only like new thing that might be surprising, but really just, I think it it was just sort of inevitable that Mm -hmm. I would make it to Europe at some point. Um, so that looks like that'll be this year. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I've toyed with the idea of kind of skipping California. Um, Mm -hmm. I am currently signed up for the OTB open. Um, really it's just, uh, more it i almost i i don't know you know you you almost kind of like lose money going to florida (laughs) even if you play well um just for tax reasons and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so kind of just weighing those options um of if if it's worth it i i I love the otb open i play pretty well there um but you know it would be the only event that i would attend in california and so that's where it gets a little tough to justify the costs and and everything um but uh yeah other than that you know i think everything's pretty much the same i do have i think one or two silver silver events on Mm. on the schedule um i think i'm going to play uh beaver state which i think is a silver event um and so that'll be cool to be back there i didn't i didn't play this year um, I've only played it once before and that was, I think way back in like 2019 maybe. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back to Milo and give that course the, you know, that, that those courses another try and, and see how I fare there. Hopefully it's not, you know, monsooning <laughs> this year, like it did last year. Um, but if it is, you know, it's, it's all good. It's, it's Milo. So. I'll be happy to be there. Yeah, it's it's beautiful no matter what. Yeah, uh, assuming <laughs> where they're also staying clear of the fires that we know have gotten that's uh, true quite close as well. The monsoons it's, just make that area greener. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they need more need, more needs rain, to be a and more weather. lush. So it, I mean, we, we kind of have to ask. It's that time of the season. You planning on staying with Discraft? I'm assuming you're still under contract, mm-hmm. right? You know, nothing's yes. changing. Yes. 
you have nope, one or two uh, more it'll years. It'll be my one more year. On uh, it was a two-year contract in 2022. Um, so yeah, um, no, I'm I'm happy. They're they're a great sponsor. Um, you know, I'm excited for uh, our team this year. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. What what do you make of the the swapping and the switching and the adding and deleting and everything else of all these players and these teams when you're locked in? You know, because right now you're <laughs> you're essentially oh maybe you're providing some kind of consulting and or bouncing either ideas and or 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 maybe you're just a, a listening block. I don't know. But what do you make of a year <laughs> when you're just sitting back and you're like, yep, none of this really uh, pertains to me. I'm locked in with my contract. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere. Are, do people call you? Or are you a, a sounding board? <laughs> are you? Is there a Missy Gannon hotline? Like what? Uh, how does this work for you? Uh, you know, for, for me, I'm just back and watching it all go down. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I mean, reasons i'm so glad that i don't have to go through that whole contract negotiation thing um you know it's it's stressful and even though i do work with schaefer sports um it's still stressful you know it's Mm -hmm. it's you build the you build these relationships with your um your team managers and and the the people at the companies and you know it, it gets a little dicey when you start talking money and um you know it's it's never like too crazy but uh you know it feels it feels weird it's uncomfortable no matter what if you have representation or not um but no uh i i i have um you know i have a really strong relationship with um bob at discraft and um you know they they've and and you know mike and gary who's there as well you know they asked me for um you know, any ideas of who I would like to see on the team or, you know, they, they, they've used me as sort of a, um, an on the ground resource of like, who do you think fit team and, um, stuff like that. So that just feels really good that they trust me and who I think would, would work well on the team. Um, you know, I, I try to be friendly with everybody and, really get to know people especially with all of the new players that are coming on tour um you know obviously mostly fpo players but i you know i do hang out with um, all different people on tour um and so i you know try to get to know them and i know what it's like i know what it was like when you know the support was small and you just sort of basically the pre-COVID, you know, phase of just gr- actually grinding out on tour. Um, it's still like that for the new players, maybe just a little less, um, especially if they're performing well at the events. Now that the payouts are are higher, um, but you know, I I sort of like remember m- my roots and how difficult it was coming coming up. That um, I tend to sort of keep an eye out for those kind of players who might need that extra or or people that i could see have so much potential in their game but maybe they're just you know stressed out getting to and from events or you know whatever um i've been there and so uh yeah it's it, uh, you know i've kind of taken on a little bit of like a, a scowl you know not officially just um it's just nice to have that relationship with 
your, um, you know, the manufacturer that sponsors you, that they trust you and your, um, you know, and who you think work well on the team. So I sort of provided a little bit of, of that for, for this year. Um, so but, then I have to um, ask for the FPO team. Yeah. Are, are we yeah. going to see, are we going to see some changes on the Discraft FPO team? You don't have to just, <laughs> just tell us just, who are yeah, they? I mean, ultimately our goal, you adding, our goal and is who to make you, you spill the beans, but we haven't been successful look, with look, any guest. We tried with Yuli last week. Everything is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. You'll find out. Yeah, or you could just tell us now. Then we don't have to wait. What's the point of waiting? You just have to be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Nobody likes All right, so Missy said big, huge changes to the FPO team. Yeah. That's what I heard. Huge. Huge. Well, and and I want to touch on that for a moment before I want to talk about... The Missy Gannon fierce. That's what I heard. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe, maybe directly or indirectly... When you're talking and explaining people that are newer to the tour that are don't have it quite, uh, maybe, I don't want to say as comfortable, but are, are learning their ways, they're navigating, I immediately, mm-hmm. I think of people like Holland Hanley. I think about Macy Valadez. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mondahano sisters. Uh, they're, they're a little more familiar with this, tour life, I guess. So this but, is only their second year on tour. I know. I, I mean, just think they've been but they've been playing so many more events than yeah. most. I think of a, you know, a, a, a Leah Sinagini. It just like so many of these women who are committing to the tour and mm-hmm. are, like you said, they're navigating, they're learning their ways through it. And, and mm-hmm. if that even translates, you know, to them getting a little bit more comfortable, their game, you know, levels up, so to speak, that much more. Yeah, I could see. I mean, and just think, three of our top players in FPO, being Evelina... Hannah and Kristen talk about I'll call it a, just a flat out disadvantage. They're literally in another country for half the year on the other side of the world yeah. from where they live. And and they, they got Kristen definitely has it figured out. And the other two are right there with her. It's it's pretty impressive. <laughs> just think about with once they get used to like, oh, I've already been to these courses. I already know where to go, where not to have gunshots mm-hmm. at in yeah, this no, uh, no. parking lot like Evelina <laughs> was talking about. Like once they get more uh-huh. comfortable as well, they're going to be again that much much more of a force it's it is uh it's Mm -hmm. pretty exciting to see and watch it unfold so that's what i wanted to uh, segue over to though is when we talk about sponsors obviously discraft obviously ledgestone but you also often name off a few other sponsors so first of all i'd like you to do that if you want to recognize sponsors (laughs) yeah and then i want to talk about uh, one or two of the other unique ones you have so who yeah so grip yeah grip equipment uh, mm-hmm. My bag sponsor, um, also whale sacks. My you know hand drying sponsor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to call them. <laughs> They're also great friends. So you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then yeah, uh, good dog seltzer company. Um, They're a hard seltzer company that picked me up this year um, again through Schaefer Sports uh, Management. Um, it's yeah, that's the pretty unique one that, that you were yep. alluding to. Yep. Um, yeah, that, you know, it, 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 I do drink hard seltzer. I, I like it. Um, uh, and it just felt so fitting. It felt extra fitting because not only are they a hard seltzer company, but they, um, a portion of their proceeds to help, uh, drink with, 
terminal il illnesses, typically, or um, children that need, uh, you know, service dogs. They, they provide uh, resources for that to happen. And when I heard that, it was just sort of like, it just felt so right. And um, not, only, not only that, it just felt like this, this, so many other sports have, what, however you feel about alcohol, so many other sports have alcohol sponsors in some capacity. And um, the fact that this company was so excited to get into disc golf um, and to learn that, you know, a lot of us disc golfers are dog lovers and there, you know, we have our tour dog family. Uh, relationship and um, yeah they they came out to Maple Hill that was actually their one of their like big events that they came to sponsor um, set up a, a booth right near uh, hole eight and it was a huge hit uh, so many people came over I went over to the booth to hang out while um, you know the MPO were playing and so many people came over and they were just excited to have um have the seltzer company there and 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 they were the the company was just so excited to be there and they said that this is something that you know they knew was going to be a really cool uh endeavor for them but they didn't i think having been at maple hill and see i mean maple hill is one of the best places to go <laughs> and one of the places that we all look forward to going that um you know to basically be a part of the eight holes and be in that environment and just see how cool and how passionate disc golfers and disc golf fans are about the sport. That was that. I think they were just like, wow, this is awesome. We will be coming back every single year as long as they'll have us. Um, it seemed like a, a huge hit and uh, yeah, I'm just ex excited to be the first, you know, ambassador for good good dog seltzer and to sort of bring them over into the sport of disc golf and i hope that i hope that you know they pick up more players or events or they you know just are involved in disc golf more uh, as they want to be and um yeah maybe this will be like the beginning of more of these types of sponsorships coming into the sport i think it's going to be really beneficial for the sport in the long run yeah, and one of my favorite parts, and obviously this is why it resonated and touched uh, you, is the fact that uh, the tie to dogs, and and I think it the big the also the lesson is not every person you know has to have a cookie cutter sponsorship, and the mm -hmm. fact that you you know have partnered with them in the way that you have because of your feelings and because of your uh, you know uh, just your connections and and having a dog and everything else. It just, like you said, felt so obvious and natural, and the next person uh, may have to find something else that resonates and has that connection. And I, I think that's mm -hmm. what makes it so much more not only personable, but genuine and more just overall more impactful, uh, for sure. So I, yeah. I absolutely love that. For sure. And I love being able to have like a silhouette of a dog on all of my shirts because <laughs> it... Uh, it's perfect and it makes people ask they're always like is that your dog and i'm like well, it's uh, 
I'm my sponsor, good dog sponsor. <laughs> and I get to say the whole, you know, the whole spiel and what they're about and, um, you know, just spread that information around. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it, it was an awesome sponsorship uh, partnership. It'll continue. Um, and I'm just excited to see, uh, see where it goes. Well, and then that my follow up to that is, you know, you've just mentioned uh, whale sacks, grip, ledgestone, discraft, and and the seltzer. So the the remaining question is, are there any needs not being fulfilled that you're actively looking for? If somebody's listening now, or somebody who knows somebody says, <laughs> oh, uh, whether it's umbrellas or shoes or raincoats or <laughs> or carts or would you name it, whatever it might be, gas, it, yeah, <laughs> Exxon. Yeah. <laughs> Could you use any gasoline or maybe uh, <laughs> propane um, in your case? What, but is, are there any other, um, you know, active needs that you're, you're certainly would be listening to the right sponsor that came along? Uh, honestly, I mean, I feel like I've, I have like the whole thing covered, you know, I've got my back covered, got my hands covered, got my, you know, drinking covered. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, New Year's is coming up. My apparel. I mean. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> my apparel covered. You know, I feel like I've got it all covered, but, you know, I'm always open to conversation and, um, you know, there's probably things that I might need that I can't even think of. Um, you know, uh, that's also the, the luxury of working with an, an agent is mm-hmm. that, you know, they can sort of seek out they've learned who I am and what, um, what I like and what I don't like. And, um, you know, they can kind of seek those things out for me, uh, which is really, which has been really nice. Um, so yeah, not that I can think of, um, you know, I think, uh, I, I feel pretty good where I'm at and, um, yeah. Okay. And someone on the board said truck stop sponsorship would be cool. And I guess depending on (laughs) whether that's, uh, yeah, obviously there's, there's the gas component and then there's sometimes the showering component. (laughs) But I think of for like yourself, you guys often are, uh, at RV parks, campgrounds. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the, the route in which you take, uh, in terms of most of your lodging and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, and setting up and whatnot, right? That's how you guys go about it. So yeah. Is there, yeah, yeah, is there any sure. tie? I mean, RV camping world, do they need to reach out or something <laughs> like that? Maybe. I was even thinking, you know, the whoever, you know, there's basically a handful of like large um camper companies that have just like various models of different um campers, but like I mean maybe whoever makes this camper would be interested mm-hmm. in, you know, as me posting about it every now and again or whatever, but um, yeah, that could be cool. You know, uh, I would love to see other, other sponsors like that get into the sport because, you know, even think about the, the, all the Ford transits that are roaming around the country mm-hmm. and the Ram pro masters and, and um, you know, there's, there's, it's, there's a lifestyle there that um, I think that they could really like, potentially benefit from and also obviously we would benefit from from sponsorships from those types of companies too um but yeah i don't i just don't know how to get into that door um you know we're still like kind of small i know we're like gaining more travel are learning about the sport and you know you see it now in tv shows and stuff like that but um yeah I, one day you know hopefully it, it's almost like isn't it the uh 
isn't Ford like one of the sponsors of the European President's Open. Cup or what? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe we could <laughs> figure something out like that here in the States. That would, I, I think that would be really yeah, and I uh, of course we we've seen such a huge influx of people, you know, taking to the van life and and that overall concept and building out their vans. I mean, we see that uh, throughout the entire US with a lot of people, but the fact that we're seeing it so much more with our professional disc golfers who are then maintaining a professional sporting career in addition to their van mm-hmm. life. It feels like a lot of that van life can be a little bit more recreational or uh, you know, just a lower cost of living. But the fact that we're seeing people thrive and succeed in addition to creating the van life, uh, there might be mm-hmm. a little bit of a of a stronger tie for us. But either way, it's yeah. it's been incredible to see. Uh, and and I guess maybe final question on your on your lodging here. <laughs> uh, we're talking ho- houses on wheels here. Uh, <laughs> camper has been your setup. Have you guys? Like give give it maybe give everyone the pros and cons to a fifth wheel versus a large RV versus a pull behind camper. Like how did you guys arrive at what works best for you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think in general the having a a, a towable camper and a separate car has just been the the way that works the best for us. You know, we're able to set up our camper and still have um, a vehicle to, to drive around, um, once we're set up in each location. Um, yeah, there's, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, when it comes to like fifth wheels versus tow behinds, it all kind of, it all kind of is the same other than just like size of the camper. Um, we have, we've kept it on the smaller side on purpose, um, just so that we have more options of, you know, where we can park and, um, you know, just, just to keep those options open and, um, not have to worry about just having a colossal camper mm-hmm. <laughs> that we're towing mm-hmm. around. Um, and obviously like gas mileage is, is always a thing. Um, and, but you know, then there's still the, there's still the added, um, you know, worry of, of maintenance and, um, you know, now you have, basically two, two things that you have to worry about your car and your, and your house pretty much. Um, uh, and it's just not for everybody. A lot of people don't, don't want to have to deal with unhooking, hooking up and towing and wind and all of the things that, um, that could happen and that you could come across with, with a camper. So that's where the van life is nice because it's a little bit more, um, you know, inconspicuous. You can kind of be able to park um uh, whether outside of a planet fitness or thing you know um we can't really do that it's not really technically allowed it's at a lot mm-hmm. of places um but um, um yeah just right obviously a lot, a lot of the van lifers there's a few people that, that uh, the van which is pretty much like the capacity of of, of the van life unless you're okay with like right on top of all them but for, you know it's it's tom and i it's we have two dogs like we kind of need for space and that um that you know spread out a little bit 
And um, we currently don't have a house of our own. We can't just like dump stuff off at our house and uh, travel with have. Uh, um, so we are we require a little bit more more space um and it just seems to work for us and we'll drive uh, you know have a, a larger driving camper and they tow a smaller car behind um it's similar to what we do just a little bit a little bit different and yeah just different people have uh different needs and i think there's pros and cons to all of the different styles of tour touring and you know then you have the the little minivan people and that works for them too uh <laughs> You know, whatever's going to get you from point A to point B and you have somewhere to sleep and um, and all of that is are all viable options for, for tour life. It's just whatever works for you. Well, we've seen it all in some capacity and they continue <laughs> to get better and more elaborate year after year. And uh, it's also mm-hmm. just a tiny little uh, glimpse into the growth that our sport has had and and the support that our players like yourself have rightfully been gaining so and and i'm hoping within two maybe three maybe five years everyone's internet's going to be amazing so every single show we have uh when your remote locations always uh are seamless and without uh any any lost connection so uh that's that's my segue to uh we're gonna wrap stuff up with you sounds like it was getting a little choppy with you and uh everyone will scream because nobody likes bad audio and it's it's not your fault everyone's on the road but uh i i think we've got uh so many of the goods from you tonight in in your experience in Uganda and the two courses that you were part of and everything else and I I can only imagine all the smiles that you saw and then even inwardly with with yourself and Tom and Joey and mm-hmm. and Chandler and everyone else uh mm-hmm. I, the entire disc golf world and community certainly thanks you and the foundation and all the sponsors uh I I can't think of two better representatives uh to send over than yourself and Chandler along with the rest of the crew yeah. you had um, thank you for everything you did over there, and hopefully that even internally pays dividends for the rest of your life. It was it's pretty incredible mm-hmm. to hear, Missy. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Again, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that project and to be a part of this community, this disc golf community. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to 2023. I hope. Hope the connection was good for the most part, maybe just towards the end. Um, but yeah, just happy to share my experience and um, yeah, just really excited to see where golf goes in Uganda and in all the rest of, you know, Africa. Um, and hopefully, you know, I could be involved in other projects as well. Uh, if not, though, I'm definitely going to continue to, um, you know, keep tabs on how it's going in Uganda and keep up with all of the people down there that I've made connections with uh, because I have a feeling it's going to, it's going to take off pretty quickly. So I'm excited. I'm excited about that. And yeah, thank you for having me on the show to share my experience and uh, yeah, uh, just. (laughs) Well, we, uh, we, we, uh, I'll say it again. We cannot, there's not a better uh, representative and ambassador for our sport. MPO or FPO side doesn't matter. Uh, we, we thank you for everything that you did over there. And thank you again for joining us to, like you said, share your experience 
that many more people know not only about what you did, but also what the foundation and and just overall what we can do within disc golf and how we can help it grow uh, into this worldwide love affair that we all have with it. Uh, Hopefully it can foster more of that. So Missy, have a great, super safe new year. Uh, We we hope that good dog takes good care of you uh, through the new year. Uh, We trust that you will. And we're looking forward uh, to what you're going to do in 2023. Uh, You already know it's your pleasure to, to see out on the course and to talk to and to interview and uh, great play we know is in store as well. So looking forward to seeing you in 2023. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, take care. Sir. Have a good night. See ya. Good old Missy Gannon. Yeah. Great Missy Gannon. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, so glad she could join us and, uh, I, I put it in the chat earlier. I'll put it in there again. Dude, we do not get paid for this, but we're happy to do so. If you head over to shop slash connection, or, sorry, collections slash Missy Gannon. It's in the chat. You can find her. Just go out to the webpage. If you want to support her, uh, of course that's, uh, through her, one of her primary sponsors in Ledgestone and, uh, pick up some stuff out there. Uh, I was just going to say, I was just on the site to look at it. She's got her t-shirts out there, polos out there. Of course, a thrasher. She just bags 37 thrashers. So you, you can guarantee she's going to have some of those online, uh, a big money, Missy t-shirt and Missy Gannon hats, those and other things. Wow. There's patches. I don't have all data. (laughs) She's got great stuff out there. So go find it. Uh, as I said, um, on the Ledgestone site or stop by one of her other sponsors in grip support them that way yeah or discraft so but she wouldn't give up the goods on the team well that's why we're gonna start rumors tonight folks Mm -hmm. do we have any rumors to start we do not have any rumors to start but we do have a few Few uh, i I don't say small i don't want to uh by any means put a size on these announcements um thomas gilbert announced that he's signing with uh a lot of people are calling it TSA. It's Thought Space <laughs> yeah, Athletics. athletics. TSA um, might, might carry a slightly terrible t- connotation right now at, my, at this exact moment. <laughs> so Thomas Gilbert is not going to be working at your local airport. <laughs> Although I could see that. It would be he, great. I, I would He'd love be so much to fun. walk up to the TSA desk and Thomas Gilbert just Pat standing there with a smile on his face it's like his come on great through. Canadian doing the, uh, the wand yeah I, I would I would take that all day but no Thomas no. Gilbert Thought will make more athletics. money throwing frisbees around this year and he's going to be doing that for Thought Space Athletics as we said TSA uh, a couple other people that we saw with some recent announcement uh Stacy Hass, I don't know if, how long, much longer ago this was, but she does have an extension. She was with, with MVP, MVP already, and but so she this did. is going to be an extension through twenty twenty four. So two year extension, mm-hmm. twenty three and twenty four for Stacy. Also, uh, I think we just saw the extension announced. I don't, I don't think it was before last week's show. No, Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens. Um, Signed an extension with DD. It sounds like it was a one year extension with DD. Yes, uh, we saw that. Uh, Kind of a, a maybe a small surprise that for Prodigy we saw them one of their young players is leaving the team. Do you know who who I'm talking about? Will Schuster? No, he's not leaving. No, Gavin Babcock. Gavin Babcock. Yes, saw that he, as well. He announced that. Uh, well, I, I, to be clear, he didn't necessarily say he was leaving the team, but he said that uh, there's some changes in his sponsorship. 
So uh, whether that means that he will no longer be with Prodigy, whether maybe he'll come back in a different. Oh, is he being tricky? Um, I don't think he I is. Didn't, uh, I did read it, but I'm going to read it again uh, as, as to how it was worded, and then yeah. I will I, I, infuse my own interpretation, <laughs> no. which may or may not be correct. I, I think that him and Prodigy are, are parting ways based on, uh, based on what, you know, based on the thing. I believe it was out on his Instagram post. Oh, for, you got to do it for the grams. You got to do it for the gram. Now, what I want to see, obviously, is... Uh, the, the new Alden Harris video where they're taking, uh, you know, interviews for the next Gavin Babcock in the interview series. Mm, that you know? would make sense, yes. We, we, we got to find out uh, what's going on. All right. So the exact phrasing for Gavin on his Instagram. Oh, how am I not following this? Click followed. Yeah, how are you not following Gavin? I don't Gavin? know. That was kind of weird. Uh, I am now. Uh, where he says, thank you, Prodigy, for the last two years. I was able to start my pro career with this company, and I'm thankful for their willingness to support me in the early portion of my journey. Some of my greatest accomplishments have been with them, and I will never forget these moments. Dot, dot, dot. With that being said, I'm extremely excited for the changes coming up to the 2023 season. Sponsor announcement coming soon. You you are absolutely right. That you- leaves... It leaves a little bit of wiggle room. It does. That, that's just maybe a that's just a coy way of then coming back mm-hmm. and saying his sponsorship's been increased or has changed. Sure. Uh, that that certainly has that potential. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily know if that's the case. And if you want to throw some gasoline on the fire, the very first comment, uh, or not maybe the necessarily the very first, but Kona Panis gave the eyeball emoji. So a lot of people are saying, well, it's clear then. He's going to DD. <laughs> I don't necessarily know if that's the case, but or she's just she's just a claim for needing new glasses. That could be it too. The eyeball that, emoji. That could be it too out there. So uh, uh, yes, we'll keep an eye on that. Also, just prior to the show starting, he did it right, folks. Andrew Presnell talking about his extension with Discraft. So uh, we saw that announced just today. And got to make sure we get that in there. He was, he's on the touring team now. He's not on the elite team. Mm. I, th- I think he, uh, th- he made a post saying he's happy to make, to stay with this craft and he's going to try He's much motivation for next year to get up to that elite team. Um, same with Ben Calloway. Calloway announced he is staying with this craft as well. Yes. And I thought I saw a similar uh, reference point regarding the, the team distinction uh, I, di- I didn't know uh yeah it, i didn't know where they were before so i didn't want to say if it was a demotion or promotion uh, just a distinction uh emerson keith was last week right i don't know emerson, if not we'll regurgitate yep, it emerson, emerson keith, keith. vanessa van dyken uh, re-signed with uh extension with discraft for a one, a one year um one person that's on we'll say the the kind well He's on the uh, sponsorship tracker chart that we haven't heard anything out of is Alex Russell, uh, who's been with Innova for a number of years. We haven't seen any remarkings one way or another. Um, I don't see him leaving personally. I mean, he could, but there's a lot of crazy stuff we've seen. There are a lot of there's a lot of crazy. Alex Russell isn't isn't. I mean, unless he goes on full time tour, like he's just not a name that a lot of people are 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 running for now. We we have to discuss some of the the bigger rumors that are going around. What um, one Chris Clemens was seen posting saying that one of 
and he put it in quotes, big boys, not you, not the restaurant. Could be me. I don't think it's you. Could be. I don't believe it's you. I don't know. I've been called big boy before. <laughs> uh, uh, is going to change, and I believe his phrasing was, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. So what a lot of people are speculating is they're trying to think of the quote-unquote big boys in disc golf. You've got your Paul, who we see Discraft is already announcing 2023 discs for, so I don't believe he's moving anywhere. Ricky is pretty locked in with DD. Um, Calvin just re-signed. To me, that kind of leaves just a few names left out there. Chris Dickerson is, Dickerson uh, is locked in. Is locked in. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It, it leaves the name Gannon Burr. Mm. It leaves the name... Simon Lazat, who's currently under contract, currently under contract. Yep. Simon Lazat, Eagle McMahon, both of which are under contract also technically under contract. for another year. But there's a lot of rumors right now flying around about Simon. Mm. And I don't know how much legit- legitimacy they have. I've seen things. I've seen people say that, you know. And these are just random internet people. <laughs> There's a lot of random internet <laughs> There's a internet lot of people. random internet people. Right now, technically, I guess we're random internet we people. We are. Um, someone had said that. that Simon is going to a Michigan company, is Ooh. what is what I saw. And they they left it at that. Who's in Michigan? That would be maybe maybe MVP. Mm-hmm. Maybe Who else is there? Discraft. Mm-hmm. Um, technically, maybe a company, a sub-company from one of those that they make discs for. You know, DGA is a California company, but Discraft makes their discs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thought Space is made by MVP. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, technically, while that company might not be located there, the discs are made there. I'm they're just thoughts. Uh, so right now, the big rumor is Simon leaving and going to one of either MVP or Discraft. I tried to get Terry to message Simon to get the insider info. And the funny thing is Simon Tuesday nights are usually his dart night. So he's probably too busy right now throwing darts at a sponsorship board, figuring out where he wants to go. Unless that's your clever hint at the end of a dart. Oh, I didn't Uh, think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. No. Uh, I mean. uh, But again. Lots of molds (laughs) made by Discmania, obviously, with their. Mm Mm-hmm. Innova Origins, it seems like it would be a logical transition if he were to, you know, I, I did I did, have I said before that the Cloudbreaker is a destroyer? Have I said that? I think okay. you've said that. Uh, anyway, um, uh, don't come at me, Disc Maniacs. I know you're going to get all worked up. Um, well, and here's here's the thing. I think a lot of people are pointing to Simon because he's got the longest contract. He's been under contract for four full years now. Technically, his contract ends next year. Eagle signed a two-year last year, so he still goes through 2023. Simon's quote-unquote contract... Simon's quote-unquote contract maybe isn't as rock-solid as some of the ones we've seen more recently signed. Mm. There are rumors that there's some sort of trade involved, which I'm not going to necessarily put any money or buy on. Uh, That was The original rumor was that he was maybe going to go to Latitude 64. That there was something in the fact that Lat64 is part of the company that's working with Discmania and that maybe there was a trade involved. I'm not putting any stock in any trade rumors because we've never in our lives (laughs) seen a trade between two companies for a player. 
Yeah, it. I mean, like, you just, could have one player get picked up, or I'm sorry, one player leave a team, and then another player on that team leaves the team and then joins over, but trade is just not uh, a word that really gets associated with our disc golf contracts. I mean, nope. like you would find on a basketball or a baseball team. Correct. correct. Because yeah, we're ultimately... Sponsors aren't in control of players like they are like they are with a team. You sign a contract. You, I, I'm willing to bet that one sponsor can't just sell that contract to another sponsor. I don't believe that's a possibility. So the term trade to me seems really out of line. Now, if someone gets out of a contract, we've seen that plenty enough in the last few years. That's one thing. Maybe somehow there's a buyout option. I I, I don't know. I don't. We don't even know necessarily if it's Simon. Could be Eagle. Could be one of our other top players. Eh, who knows, Terry? What other, I know. <laughs> what other top players are out there? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, in, I, I think one of the biggest challenges now is that we have learned through the last few years that although we have contracts, their toilet contracts paper in the rain are still <laughs> often broken, ended uh, amicably, which is a big word for me to say. Uh, or not, but contracts have come and gone. The fact that there is one, we all agree, is great. However, rarely has have these contracts seemingly been rock solid and or you know the 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 final end all be all because we all we've all talked about it. How if <laughs> and it's really funny when it comes to uh, even an individual sport. Like if you're miserable at a company. And like, at what point is it obvious and or are you doing yourself and this other company a disservice now? But I know there's probably clauses and obligations, but if you're not fulfilling them <laughs> with any uh, vigor, excitement, yeah, I was going to say anything that's genuine uh, g- genuity. What's the word for what's the other way you'd say just make up a word like genuinity yeah like genuine Genuine. my pony my pony (laughs) i knew knew that was coming damn it it has to be that's the only way uh and who makes the pony or the stud the colt innova so (laughs) throwing more darts (laughs) anyway that's some like 4d chess uh, right there terry i know i know (laughs) we all knew genuine would get in uh would eventually get into the conversation so there are so many um you know that that's why it's funny to look at contracts and they're great because they give us some expectation but then when a contract does anything but uh extends then it's it's yeah it Mm -hmm. just feels kind of funny these days so Oh, geez. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I want to see what the board has to say for a moment here. Those are pure speculation. I, Danny says, I can't imagine disc mania didn't breach a production clause of Simon's contract from 2022 or from 2020 to now here. Here's what, here's what we'll say. Uh, And this is a generic response to that. It's been funny to see in here, whether it's the player or the company that has either promised and or uh, demanded any form of productions. And and what I'm, I guess, trying to say is sometimes players have no idea what's be, been produced and has have just, quote unquote, blindly accepted a check. We saw that. Na- that, Nath- was, that was the question we asked Paul Macbeth when he moved from Innova to Discraft, if he knew his Innova numbers officially. And he said he did not. 
Yeah, and and Nate Sexton, for instance, doesn't know how many Firebirds will get printed in 2023. He just does not know that answer. He knows he will cash the checks when they show up, <laughs> but he doesn't know if you said I need within within accuracy of of a hundred quantity of a hundred. Tell me how many. 2023 Firebirds, he couldn't give you that answer. He couldn't bet his life on that. He couldn't bet one of his Firebird checks on it that he knows that. And I'm just using them as an example. Every company now is just a little bit different with how they structure that. Mm-hmm. If your discs are 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 made and a, a, a manufacturer may come along and say, you know what? MPO Player X, we're going to make 5,000 of your discs. And if they sell, we'll make more of them. They may say that to one person, and you go to a different company, and they say, hey, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a 1,000 of your discs, um, and only and only a 1,000 per month. That's the max we can give you. If they all sell, great. If they don't sell, great. But we're only making a 1,000 per month, but we'll give you up to 12 months for that to be a possibility. I mean, every mm-hmm. single manufacturer, and then a lot of the manufacturers, the little insider I can tell you is... Their their bonuses can be based on if you sell X amount of discs. So we're giving you a guaranteed contract for blank, and that includes, or that's with the assumption that 10,000 of your discs sell. If you get to that 10,000 discs, you're obviously you're getting your full contracted amount, but if you sell another 10,000, you're going to get this much more. So you're, you're some with some of the companies, your earnings can feel almost unlimited, assuming those discs are being made. If you say to them, hey, you sold 10,000, and then you say, well, we're not, but we're not going to run anymore for you, then your hands are tied. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different factors that can go into it. And so just simply replying to Danny when he's talking about contracts and production clauses, some of those clauses aren't even built into these contracts. Depending on how old they are and depending on how popular you are, let's face it, if you're not a popular player and or throwing a disc that inherently has some popularity to it, you may not structure your contract that way, which makes perfect sense. You might be a really, really good player, but if 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 your name's on a disc and it doesn't sell, let's be real. That disc may not be the best choice for you either. Sure. Let's just face it. Not everyone can have... I should not have picked the Typhoon. <laughs> no. I'm just saying, no. I thought it was going to be... a whirlwind decision, but I not a good one. I thought it was going to be a great one. I, I just I'm, I get it, Terry. I should have gone with the cyclone. So there's just so many things that factor into us. And let's be real: ninety nine point blank percent of people on the internet's don't really know what they're talking about. Um, kind of speaking of which, Ace, <laughs> oh, who are you going to call out? I'm going to call it Ace Run. Ace Run. <laughs> I love you, Ace Run. You're uh, Ace, they don't know what they're talking about. No, Ace Run says I can't believe the MVP rumors being true. They'd have to. Give Simon part ownership of the company to have any validity. Eh, no, no. I'm he, just well, going to say that generically. Uh, that's that, that often gets thrown around. A hundred percent. That's what I was going to go with this part ownership of the company. I'm going to put that in big air quotes. I don't think you're seeing that with any major manufacturer, period. Like, no, uh, you're not going to see it with um, Lone Star. You're not going to see it with Clash. You're not going to see it with MVP, Discraft, Innova. Nobody is getting a part of the of, of those privately held companies. No, no, nobody. Yeah. Like not Lat sixty four, not Westside, yeah, not Prodigy. I mean, we we saw 
what was kind of considered ownership in Prodigy years ago, but really, again, I I, I never saw the contract, so I I don't want to speak of that. But let me tell you this: maybe other than Will Schustrick, maybe Kale, who are still probably the only two that were originally with that company. Any of those players that walked away, they don't have any ownership of that company. Zero. And ownership is a, a loose term. I don't know if Will Schustrick has any ownership in Prodigy. I don't know if Kale does. Maybe they get a portion of the proceeds of the profits, depending on where how long they've been there and whatnot. But actual ownership, I think either of them could probably walk away and not walk away with any ownership of that company. Um. I just don't think I know a lot of people like to throw the term ownership around. Yeah. I don't think we're I don't think we're seeing it. I don't think we'll ever see it. I think a we're already too big for that. Yeah, I I think that's putting a lot of eggs in any basket in any player ever uh in order to even make that type of offer. It just doesn't seem like um something that would Now, could that carrot get dangled? It could and maybe it could happen, but the that's often thrown around as a uh, as kind of the end all be all possibility, and I it's just it it's funny that that possibility is so uh, often mentioned. Mm-hmm. I guess is is kind of what Johnny is saying. So and I think you're more you're more likely to see something like the Paul Macbeth, um, kind of a, a hybrid where, let's just say, someone wanted to entice Simon to come over, and they say. We're going to form a separate company for you, Simon, the the, uh, the SVP, the, the Simon's most valuable player of Simon Valley Plastics, depending on you know what you want to talk about. And we're going to produce discs for you. You are going to own that company. I don't think you're personally ever going to see somebody um, come in and take a ownership or part ownership or percentage ownership of any company. That's just... I. I Every time I see that, I kind of chuckle to myself and I think it ain't happening. <laughs> but Ace Run, we love your your love your Run. secondary uh, thought, which is we'd give Simon part ownership of Ace Run to rep us. Uh, wouldn't be worth much of anything, but we'd be down. I mean, yep. you got to shoot your shot. Dangle that carrot, as, as the kids say. Dangle you that carrot. I <laughs> uh, could do that. Um, uh, <laughs> as funny as this is about to sound. I know exactly of what is and isn't happening and like I'll say down to almost the details. And of course, as many of you have already claimed, I wouldn't I'm not going to share it. I there's no advantage to us sharing that. I we've talked about this off the air. Yeah, I as Johnny said earlier today, um, people are putting things in place and I do not feel as a as a fan of the game and as someone who works with not just multiple companies, but it's just not my place. And that's not to say we don't love to give exclusive news or have, you know, updates or learn new things from players, whether they're, they're they were intending to share or not. Uh, but when it's of something of of such significant magnitude I just do not personally feel like it's my place uh, to bring it to light, and and I and I know most of you uh, 
many of you may think that's silly or crazy or stupid or selfish or whatever you want to attach a label to it, and that's fine. Um, but I, I, that's what I will share is I, I do know the details of what's happening with whomever, and it's just it's just not my place to share it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they wanted it shared. I would have had a conversation with them and it would have, it would have gone that route, but uh, they didn't. And so therefore now would they be mad? Maybe, or maybe not to me. It's just not worth risking um, is what I'll say to it. Well, we saw last year when um, another group had kind of spoiled, so to speak, the Ricky Wysocki news that that didn't go over well. And there is a relationship that we need to take with the players and the manufacturers yeah that that we hold dear and we are not only are we friends with a lot of these people because again you and i have been in the sport longer than i even want to say out loud <laughs> you know we're we're in our we're in our 40s and we've been playing this since we were teens so we know a lot of these people and we have personal relationships you know we'll go to dinner with them if we're at an event or something like that I don't want to risk that. And I have a spot in the media, but my spot in the media doesn't necessarily mean I need to break that news. And as we know, there is value to these big announcements. We've said it before that I said it a couple weeks ago that if it were up to me, when that announcement drops, they better have plastic ready. And if I spoil that announcement, assuming it's a plastic sponsor, assuming it's a plastic sponsor, what it could be a rubber sponsor could be some hard seltzers. Just saying, um, <laughs> I mean, Simon is in Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, he could be going to Vibram. It, yeah, I'm just saying, it could not be Simon. It, yeah, I mean, it could be Eagle. Eagle could be moving to Massachusetts to work at Vibram. I don't know. I don't know anything. I truly don't. Um, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that by by someone like us breaking that news early it kind of could kill some of the momentum for those disc sales and i don't want to be the responsibility of someone hurting somebody else's pocketbook if it comes down to that it's just there's no advantage to us there is some advantage to having a little bit of like you said the exclusive news maybe a little bit of clout chasing to to say oh yeah you know we're in the know we know our people know it just for any person, not just Simon, but, you know, the Paul news, any Ricky news, any any of the, the uh, people that are possibly moving that have not even been talked about yet. Because I guarantee you there's going to be someone that moves that people are going to be like, oh, wow. So it, it's just uh, it's just one of those things that I would rather. Now, any player that wants to come on our show and announce we're here for you. We would be happy to promote that. Certainly. That. Yeah. Which clearly comes with a different, you know, set of mm-hmm. of uh, what you're trying to accomplish at that point in doing so. And and we're happy to do so. So. All right. Yes, Ray. We did talk about Thomas Gilbert to to uh, the airport. TSA. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Uh, yes. OK. All right. Uh, is there any other news? I, I clearly. As we've been discussing at large, uh, the announcements we're mostly hearing are people talking about their departures or extensions or a few extensions, but uh, largely the departures. And as Missy and others have said, we're going to see more of those um, new fresh announcements be made come the first of the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's it could be there could be a couple of them, and, and that that's the um, maybe the tidbit I'll throw in there to make it even spicier. There could be a couple of pretty big names uh, that are in the works. I've, I've I personally have heard of one or two. So, uh, and we could be re- referring to Cameron Messerschmidt, who has one of the biggest names in the Eat. in the sport. I've always said when I'm doing graphics for any sort of video i always use cameron mess cameron messerschmidt's name as a template because it's the big, big. yeah it's a long name it is or i would use my full name jonathan van Derzen. but cameron messerschmidt you you got to go that because if you can fit his name into a graphic mm-hmm. then you, it fits everybody you're not going to worry about any other player on tour yeah yeah uh, that's something i've learned as well uh ace run says we have we will have dn carry on our podcast later this week we may or may not try to get out of her yeah and i'll, I'll be the i'll uh admit again because we're getting a little um uh cloudy here uh was it both Deanne and and uh her husband aj was that since last week uh again i read these i process it for a second and then yeah. come next the next tuesday i don't even know if i think about it where they had they announced since last week that uh, DN Carey, I believe both DN Carey and AJ had mentioned that they are no longer going to be uh, representing Innova and that they are moving on. So, yeah, it's it's almost impossible to remember week after week when we're here on a Tuesday night as to which ones have last stated that. So there's clearly been some shifting and and you can continue to to throw, you know, or stoke the fire or or throw other sticks or logs onto it when people have naturally said Oh, it feels like such and such team is losing just a ton of players or I can't believe they let him go. And I'll, I'll spare you the, the soapbox uh, entirely from last week, which is just always remember. It has to work for the player and or it has to end it and it has to work for the manufacturer just because one is leaving doesn't mean that it's always going to be one per, you know, one party's fault. And I, I, I think we're you'd be surprised to how often uh whose fault or or whose demand it really was as to how that party split. And I think that's one of the most uh, unknown components of all the discussion talks, because a lot of people just assume one thing, and uh, it's often not. Uh, David Beardo, I think I nailed your name there, yeah. uh, said Lone Star Disc went from relatively unknown to having two huge signings this offseason. Is that going to happen more, you think? It's really funny because we, you know, MVP, plastics company, before going into disc golf. Uh, Lone Star, same thing. Plastics mm-hmm. company. They saw a, a space. Are there other plastics companies out there that have large contracts? Now, I believe uh, Lone Star has contracts with uh, some oil companies, and that's where a majority of their the profits from their company come from. Um, I don't think a majority of their profits come from disc golf. Are we going to see other plastics companies look at this or injection molding companies look at this and go, hey, we could get into that. And, you know, what's what's five hundred thousand to us? You know, yeah. what, what's what's a half mil? We could you could spin up one of our machines that we already have. We could grab a player and and four or five molds and, and let's go, because that's kind of how I feel like Lone Star did last year, the year before, whenever they kind of jumped onto the scene. And then had a few people on their team, Leah and Chandler. I'm sure they had others, but those were the two big names. And now suddenly, as we see, we, Emerson Keith, Nicola Castro, 
and dot, 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 probably a few more coming up. Yeah. So I, I don't know if we're going to see more of that, but it wouldn't shock me at all. It it wouldn't shock me at all. Okay. So stay tuned next week or, or probably January 1st. Uh, I think you will likely wake up to uh, or, or still be reporting from the night before whatever you're into uh come january 1st i think we will see quite a few of the uh sponsorship news and announcements officially hit or whenever they deem you know there's there is something to be said about maybe not being on january 1st because if you want yours to have a little bit more breathing room and or stand out uh, you know, twelve oh one on uh, on January first may not be all ripped time. up. Hey guys, <laughs> look at my new app and sponsor. Great. Uh, I don't know if I ever get to sign with DGA. Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm I don't plan on it. I'm mm. going to at twelve oh one. I'm going to announce, and I'm going to have some. Uh, photos that you and I have with Scott Kesey. Oh, there are some good ones, folks. <laughs> will forever, which will ever constitute as some form of either blackmail or yeah, well, we're, we'll definitely get blackmail. Terms for Scott dismissal Kesey someday. So <laughs> don't don't sweat be. it, Scott. Um, <laughs> All right. So do we have any other uh, PDGA news or information going on? Uh, was it since last week that the Worlds was also announced? No, the the, the twenty twenty four majors were announced, I believe. Oh. Already since, last week? Since last week. I don't know. Yeah. We, we think we'd know these Because things. there was, uh, there's a lot of hubbub that the 2024 majors did not, that Worlds did not go to Europe, as was predicted, that a lot mm. of people, they did, we know they put in a bid, UC had talked about it, but it did not go there. Instead, it's going to Lynchburg, Virginia, um, and that is, what is it, the the tech is, is New, London, the, tech New London Tech Course, and I believe another course that's being currently made. It's yeah. it's a golf course style course, but there is uh, a, a lot of push for that Lynchburg, and Nate Heinold will be running that. He's the he's the TD on record, and a lot of people I saw online were upset that Heinold, who's on the board, blah blah blah, he recused himself from the vote. So for the for what it's worth, um, there's only a few. I, I think there there's probably. Less than 10 tournament directors that I would trust running a Worlds right now that can that have truly proven that they can do it. And Heidel is clearly one of that one of those 10. Um, so, we yeah, we saw that. A couple other of the majors were announced, but that's really the big one. I mean, we know that Champions Cup is staying at WR Jackson. We know European Open, which I don't believe is going to have a 2024, um, mm. is probably going to stay in Europe. That's where the European Open will probably stay. I don't mm. think it's going to move around. Mm. Uh, and a couple of the other uh, majors were announced. I don't know. According to Missy Gannon, uh, I think uh, Uganda might be bidding for the European Open. Well, I wish them the best of luck. <laughs> okay. So if it goes somewhere else, and we need to start with an E because I don't want to change the abbreviation. Yeah. So EO, it could go, you know, anywhere. Okay. Well... Uh, Ecuador. The Ecuador Open is going to get the European <laughs> Open. So we're going to stick Estonia. with Estonia. Estonia still kind of still in Europe. So yeah, that doesn't work here. Anyway, let's wrap this show up here. We'll get into an after show. We'll give away something, um, and there's and we'll answer a few more questions that are out on the board. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea to me. So uh, maybe for the final time, the regular show of our 2022 season, we have to thank you guys. So much for joining us uh, throughout this year. We've had some very long nights, some very <laughs> short and abrupt and uh, and uh, yeah, challenging nights. And we've had some 
just hopefully heartwarming and inspiring interviews, conversations. Some sometimes we got a little testy. Sometimes a little controversial, but when it was all said and done, it's been an incredible 2022, and we can't thank you guys enough for joining us, whether it's live or you've downloaded it because you're you're trucking across the United States, whatever the case might be, or any of our European uh, friends or any other contingencies uh, and countries across the globe. Thank you guys for joining us on our final night of 2022. Thank you to Missy Gannon for spreading the love of disc golf the way that she did, along with the Paul Macbeth Foundation. Uh, we'll talk about some other great organizations in the after show, including the Ricky uh, Waisaki Foundation that I just got some more details on. Um, it's been awesome. So for Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy. That's been podcast 435. We'll see you guys in a few minutes when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.